second edition Fake Spike podcast here. It's uh, episode 79, and I'm going to do one on a Monday after doing one on a Sunday. It's not even our preview show, uh, but there's a lot going on in Jetland, and I, and I have one of my previous guests on another podcast who's also a regular on our Facebook site, the Darksider Facebook site, Mr. Barry Turner. What's going on, Barry? Here I am. And here I am, and I'm ready to go. He's ready to Rob, go. <laughs> Rob, very, to to very concerned about you. And I, I, I see myself coming on tonight as kind of your uh, pseudo-psychiatrist uh, tonight, because I'm very concerned about you, Rob. You see me unraveling, right? <laughs> now, up until this last game, you have been the voice of reason. About Mr. Zach Wilson, Good. right? Yeah. Give give the boy a chance. Give give our blue eyed boy with the magical right arm the the benefit of the doubt. And you saw something, Rob, in this past game or afterwards, it may be, that has turned you to the darkest of the dark outsiders when it comes to Zach Williams Wilson. And and we need to know what, what happened. All right, what changed. So, uh, I, I've run, I, I run a business for many years. I've run multiple businesses. I do all kinds of things where you can spot a lack of accountability and leadership very early on if you're looking for it, right? I was concerned. Now, now you say I flipped after yesterday, but I started to flip a couple of weeks ago with the first New England game when Zach Wilson felt like he, he wasn't responsible and that he, you know, he, he said something. I forget exactly what he said, but same type of deal. He didn't want to take accountability. And I even posted and said, I, I'm worried about this kid. He's not showing any accountability. Week after that, the Jets beat the Bills and Josh Allen stood up and did what Zach Wilson should have done and said, you know, it's hard for a team to win when their quarterback plays like shit. And I was like, that is exactly what I wanted to hear Zach Wilson say. Fast forward to yesterday, and yes, his play was atrocious. He's just terrible. He's not making any progress. He's regressing. But I think at that point, you have to stick with him until you really know for sure you don't have anything. Unless, unless he loses the team. And I think yesterday, by once again saying he is not at, he's not at fault and he didn't let his defense down and being all petulant like a little kid... I think, and I don't even think, it's true. You can see from some of the comments and all the things going on that he has, if not already, he's on his way to losing this team. And that means there is nothing to further to see at this point. You can't sit around and wait for a kid to mature and develop. You can do the develop. You can't do the, you can't do the mature. So in my eyes, once you show that you're not a leader in that position, there's there's no turning back on that. Now, if he was playing great, you find a way to get around it, but it's... He's, he's obviously not playing great. He's holding them back, and then at this point, you don't let that guy sit around and sink the team. You know, you you basically, and I'll I'll wrap it up and let you talk after this. If the Jets are six and four, and they have a shot at the playoffs, and the kid could be the future, and you think he's the future, then okay, it's okay to sacrifice this this season for the future. It is not okay to sacrifice this season when the team is ready to win when the kid is not your future. And I think he has definitively proved both from his play and his off-the-field talking, that he is not the future. So I am finally convinced. And, and Nothing about banging the old lady. 
I don't care. Let him bang all the old ladies he wants, man. He can he can bang oh, them at halftime for all I care. Uh, that 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 could be the elephant in the room. I just want to throw that one out there. That, <laughs> that, that wasn't it. Listen, man. That I would be, if Zach Wilson was was taking accountability and and inspiring his teammates to trust him and and stick with him while he learned and and every they would probably be okay with that too. He could bang women on the sideline when the other team has the ball for all I care. You know what I mean? I don't care. So so you had you had the light on. I would say dimmer the last couple of weeks and then all of a sudden the lights went out yeah was I, it I, something that happened in the game or more so this incident after the game what would you say is the, yeah, the biggest well, factor yeah the, the final like like when you're you got a trap door open and you're hoping to be able to get through it before it closes but it slammed shut the the, <clears> the, the slamming shut of the trap door was him standing up there and when they ask him that question saying no just no he said no twice like no no like it's like dismissing the question doesn't even want to talk about it and that to me you know let's 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 rewind to the, to the last year the last game of 2011 right the jets were in miami i'm sure you remember the game the santonio holmes game where he walked if out of the lost in an embarrassing lost an embarrassing way and, and, where i yep. couldn't go to work on monday then i do remember it well, we did. It was the fi- it, it was the final game of the 2011 season. They were eight and seven. They lost to Miami, and Santonio Holmes had a little hissy fit and walked out of the huddle. And it was all, all these. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I remember that. Okay, yeah. so that day, I looked at my friend. I was actually at that game. I was in Miami. That was the year I went to all 16 Jet games. I looked at my buddy after the game. Uh, also, that day was um, the Rangers playing. I think it was the Flyers in the in the in the um, Winter Classic, and we went to a bar after the Jet game to watch that game. This is funny the things you remember. And I remember saying to him, "It's over for Rex Ryan." He's like, "Why?" I'm like, "Because he this team doesn't respect him. They like him, they don't respect him. He he's lost the locker room because this guy's yeah, doing yeah. stuff." And, and I remember saying that was again. He lasted three more years, but that was the day I said the door for me is closed. I know the Jets won't do it, but I I, I was done with Rex Ryan in that day because I knew he wasn't a good enough leader. He's a he's a likable guy, but leader-wise, it was tough. And that's the same way I feel about Zach Wilson now. He has, he has shown me that he would never he won't be able to, I can't say never, maybe give him some time, but the Jets can't afford to wait for him now. He is not currently capable of leading a team and inspiring guys to play for him. In fact, it's the opposite. Look at Garrett Wilson like, like blatantly jumping around and yelling yesterday after, I, I don't know whether Zach Wilson yeah. missed him or didn't see him, whatever, that. but yeah, I mean, the guy, the ball was over his head so he, he wasn't complaining about a, a missed call on a penalty he wasn't complaining about himself maybe missing a pass he was frustrated as hell with Zach Wilson on that play and um you know I think I think Garrett Wilson and all these other guys would be okay with it if Zach was a good kid who was really inspiring them and trying is trying really hard but when you are holding the team back and you're a little petulant little bitch Nobody's going to support you, and and not in the pros, not in this situation. When they have a chance to win, they could make a nice run with that defense. And you know what? You know what kind of struck me too about the wide receivers and how they all kind of reacted to those bad passes he was throwing. What's that? Um, especially those screen passes. Oh, I, I, I mean, my gosh, it was like watching Rutgers. I, uh, so unbelievable how bad, I, it man. was just it, it, embarrassing. But um, you know, if you see your quarterback as being the franchise, the, you know, the, the potential guy for years, it, you're probably seeing that in practice first, right? So, so you're, you're watching him every day in practice. He's got the arm, he's making the throws and you feel real good. And then something bad happens in the game. You kind of give him the benefit of the doubt because you're saying, 
you know, maybe some pressure of the game. I mean, it, it was a crazy game, because, especially on defense for Patriots, because I don't know about you, Rob, but it looked to me like Belichick knew exactly what play we were running on every single play. Um, you can blame it on a lot of things, but he looked – there was not I – don't, I don't remember a play that fooled him. Yeah, right? I, yeah. I, I, they were, All 11 guys on defense seemed to know what we were – they knew our play. I said this in one of my books. They, they knew that playbook better than we did. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know if they specifically knew each play, but they knew that all they had to do was take any kind of pass away from Zach Wilson and he was going to screw up and throw it to them, which, you know, thankfully they dropped two interceptions or this could have been, you know, they could have lost 23-3 or something, you know. They missed two field goals and dropped two interceptions, one of which was a short pick six. Could This, this could easily have not even come down to the to – the, punt at the end of the game and that's all on Zach Wilson so yes I agree I think there was a period in the first quarter only where he ran for that first down and he hit Mims in stride and Mims dropped it that was the only time Zach Wilson looked even remotely competent or decent in the entire game the rest as, of the game as your as your as your J-E-T-S just as a psychologist here I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make another observation here Rob. <laughs> okay go. uh I remember I was watching uh Justin Herbert I was watching the game, throwing some. I was saying, "Man, that would be great to have him, a guy like that, on the Jets." And you were watching it at exactly the same time. I remember texting you and saying, "Justin Herbert," and you said, "Oh gosh, I'm dying right now," because we don't get a guy like that. No, we um, don't. We don't. We just. And when we have don't. the chance I mean, to, we take Zach Wilson. I mean, we don't talk about it. I'll think about it. I mean, Sam Darnold, number three pick in the entire draft. Now we have Zach Wilson, number two pick in the entire draft. You're getting, uh, at a minimum, an NFL quarterback out of both of those picks, if not one of them. I, I mean, it's like it, unconscionable to think that you're not getting a, an NFL right. quarterback out of one of those two picks. But, and I'm not talking about a great NFL. I'm just saying... An NFL quarterback. Right. And, and you're right. not even talking about 10 years apart. You're talking three years apart. He, they, <laughs> they drafted Zach Wilson three years after Donald. So obviously, they rightfully gave up on Donald. But in in three years, and now we're five years in, in five years, the Jets have drafted two quarterbacks in the top three and failed on both of them. I mean, it's inc- that's inconceivable. It's, it's just shocking. But, you know, I, I, I look at I look at Joe Douglas uh, and I look what he was able to do with the Darnell, the Darnold mistake. At, at least he was at least he was able to trade Sam and get some things out of it um, that were shocking. Right. It was, it was almost like a steal. But what could you get for Zach Wilson this year after this season, his second season? What could logically would a team maybe put a flyer on a sixth round pick and if he plays more than two games you'll give him a five like is that what we can get for him at this point based on what you're seeing uh no i think i think they they could get you know if douglas works his magic they could get high as maybe a conditional fourth that'll be a fifth something (laughs) but but that would, you know, that would entail someone really believing they could do something and knowing he's not ready, you know, because he's still only 22, 23 years old. If you, if you took a couple of years to really develop and put him on a practice squad, did whatever, I think somebody would take a shot at, at best a fourth round pick. But I don't even th- I think fifth round is what you're looking at. And especially with but well, let's look at it this way. The Jets have continuously said they, that he's their guy. They're not giving up on him for them to suddenly do an about phase and give up on him. They have no leverage at all. Now, Douglas has worked magic in those situations before, but I think it would be difficult to get more than a, than a 
fifth. See, I see your, I see your connection because because I'm not. It's it's funny how you and I think a lot of other fans just all of a sudden it clicked off, and I don't I don't think it was the no answer after the game when they said this. There was just this game, this game, and what he could not do. I think told a lot of fans, a lot of Jet fans, and a lot of them, even on our dark side of the state, who were uh, relatively supportive. Vinny Melipioni, are you listening? <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> Vinny has shut up. I mean, there's not a word coming out of no, him. No, here is. He's there trashing Wilson today. Yeah, to his credit, he is, he is beating Wilson up today pretty good. And that's the thing. I see you. Do you ever watch X Men? No. This series X Men, Patrick Stewart, the, the Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. He plays this guy. He wears this. He wears this helmet. He goes into something that looks like uh, Epcot Center, the Planet Earth. When you first walk in, he goes in there, and you know, fans of the series know he puts this helmet on called Cerebro, and he can see every mutant in the world and connect with them at that moment that he puts his. Like, That's you, Rob. That's what you do. You are the leader of the Darksiders. You see into <laughs> all of us and. This week, especially, I'm seeing you say things that we all, all of us, are feeling, which is this was the game that said, no, it's just not there. There is no magic there. No. It, it, and it's not, and it's not, and unless there's some, some shocking uh, development that happens, it's, it's never going to be over. there. So, so it's over. What, what, what do we do now? Do we go to Mike White now? Well, see, I always answer this question in two ways. Do you want to do you want to hear what I think they will do, or what I would like them to do? Because well, you, you did you did post something today about some hesitation on Salah part and 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 who is who's going to be his quarterback on Sunday. But and knowing that, what do you think? Um, what you think I, what I, you think they're going to do? Well, what I would like is I I think in a perfect world I sit the kid down and say, listen, you showed. An, an alarming lack of leadership yesterday. You don't go out there and throw your teammates under the bus. You're taking a seat. We're going to, you know, at this point, I don't think you give us the best chance to win. Uh, that's, you know, um, and then I think to myself, that's not to say Mike White is our be best chance to win, but he's a better chance to win than Zach is because let's, let's be real. If the Jets, let, well, let's, let me, let me go back to what I was thinking when you were saying it and then, and then I'll answer what I think they'll do. Sure, sure, right. Sure. Yesterday's game, Zach Wilson, the other thing that really annoyed me was he's like, guys, you have to, you have to understand the wind out there. Don't fucking tell me the wind this and, you know, the people who want to talk about him only being 20 games into his career. That's all crap because yesterday in the exact same conditions, he played against a guy who was drafted in the same draft and you would think that they had, they had both had the same amount of development. They both have been in the league the same amount of time and that guy was 23 of 27 and wasn't very good. I mean, his, he was very accurate, right, but right. he wasn't very good. But do you think there's any chance in the world that if Mac Jones was on the Jets, and Zach Wilson was on the Patriots. The Jets went. Oh, forget it. Never even mind Mac and Jones. And I said that. I said that in one of my posts this week. You you, you, you switch quarterbacks, and we won that game. Yeah. Well, there, for was, this yesterday too. Yesterday too. If you if you gave the Jets yeah. even even below average quarterback play, they win that game yesterday easily, easily. But they they was got they got all time bad. What's that? It, was there any sense in your mind at let's say halfway through the four, fourth quarter? Was there any sense that you had at all that the Jets were going to score again in this game? 
I, I I kept believing they would find a way because they have all year, but I didn't think it would be because of Zach Wilson. I thought it would be because the defense made a big play, a turnover. Um, maybe, you know, Wilson will do what he did a couple of times, and maybe he would complete a couple of passes where they can get close to field goal range, something. But then, you know, the, the thing, another thing that annoyed me yesterday, no one talks about because it doesn't matter anymore. The Jets had sure. 19 seconds at the end of the half. I mean, 20, 20 seconds, 21 seconds, whatever it was, at the end of the first half and needed 20 yards and only got one playoff. Now, I, I'm not going to fault them for not getting in field goal range. You know, not everybody's Patrick Mahomes, but when you're at the 45-yard line and you need 20 yards and you only get one playoff, that is insanely bad play calling. Insanely bad. That is horrible play calling. So My sense at the end of that half, just like at the end of the game or before we punted it, I don't believe... I don't believe the Jets coaching staff, offensive coordinator, believed he could could lead that team to a score in either one of those situations. And they were basically saying, play it safe, uh, play for go to the locker room at halftime, play it safe, hope for overtime, maybe we'll return a kickoff for a touchdown. But I don't think at that point our coaching staff had any faith in having him throw the ball downfield. I have he to, wasn't going to be throwing agree. the ball downfield. I have to agree because the, the play calling told me and everything does, I needed to know. By the way, know. who yeah. doesn't? Take, take any game you put on that Sunday, turn it on, same situation, a backup quarterback in the NFL. They're throwing the ball downfield in those situations. Yeah, but that one they at halftime, the one at halftime, all you needed was a five-yard out and out of bounds, another five-yard out and out of bounds, and then take a shot downfield. If it doesn't work, then you got a long field goal. At least make the attempt. But to get one playoff is just terrible, and the play calling in general tells me they have no confidence in Zach Wilson. They have him pass on first down every drive, run on second down. So not only is he bad, but they're sticking him in third and eight or worse on every single drive. It, you can't win like that. There's no confidence, no creativity, and I struggle to – to think whether it's Zach Wilson can't execute the game plan he's given or they really have taken everything out of it and simplified it so much that they're just hoping to break through somehow. I don't know, whatever the case is. Here's another side of it that we usually talk about when the quarterback wasn't this bad. But even, you know, go back to the Sam Darnold days. Even go further. Let's go further. Let's go look at Mark Sanchez. There was one time, and I'll never forget this, and, I, and when I'm talking to my friends about the Jets, we, you know, we, when we're bringing up the Sam uh, you know, the, the, the Mark Sanchez, they, of course, you're talking about the butt fumble and, you know, we would have won two Super Bowls and we just had an average quarterback those years. But you, you think you think in terms of Mark Sanchez going back to pass, and I'll never forget in the game, the announcer said, Let, we want to show you what Mark Sanchez sees when he goes back to pass. And they took him, they took the film back and they showed you the whole field. Not a receiver even remotely open. Right. And they said, what would you do if you were Mark Sanchez on this play? And and you kind of felt for him, right? He wasn't a bad guy, right? He wasn't bad. And when he got girls, by the way, he got younger girls. Remember he had that like uh, <laughs> eighteen year old girl in bed with all that kind of yeah, yeah, at least he had young girls. And then Sam Darnold, same kind of thing. You looked at it and many fans, uh, Phil Cordino, myself, even to this day. Offensive line, atrocious, absolutely atrocious. No now, receivers. It turns no. out that he probably doesn't have it anyway. And if he did have it, he, he Baker Baker Mayfield wouldn't be starting ahead of him in any game. But he he probably didn't have it. But you never saw any receivers throw their arms up, 
when the ball came sailing over their head or hit the ground four feet in front of them on a screen pass. Never, because there was a respect for him. There was an understanding that football was important to him. Uh, it was even important to Sanchez. The way that the receivers treated, to your earlier point, the way they treated Zach Wilson in the game, the constant throwing your arms up, looking dismayed, is that, that's the kind of thing that is just a lack of respect for your quarterback, and probably because there's something that's happened either in the locker room or in the game that 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 told you he's not worthy of your like even Geno Smith and, and, and you look at a guy like Geno Smith uh amazing story right but we're all like like you know and linebacker really punched him in the face when a linebacker <laughs> punched him in the face because he owed him 700 because because he was the kind of guy that wouldn't give the 700 dollars to the guy and say yeah, I'll give it to you later. And he probably in some ways deserved to get, not anybody deserves to get punched in the face, but kind of understand it. Right. Because uh, he was that kind of guy. And and now it looks like he, he he's matured a lot, very different. But uh, I, I don't know. Maybe Zach Wilson's the kind of guy that some linebacker is going to punch him in the face on a row. And, and it might even be a Garrett Wilson uh, because he doesn't, there's something maybe about him that doesn't, doesn't elicit that kind of uh, respect on a right. football field. Right. Is yeah, it an yeah. entitlement? It, I, I think a big part of Maybe it is it work we're going to see this Sunday. Let's be honest. This is the worst scenario right now coming up on Sunday for for for, for Jeff fans as well as uh, and mostly uh, Joe Douglas. Is he gets to watch what the guy that people like me wanted to be our quarterback? Well, Justin he's Fields. hurt. He may not play. I was reading. Um, uh, yeah. Well, we better hope not because, <laughs> you know, uh, you well, know, he's got to do is shred us. Yeah. Fans, you know, talk about the knife in the heart. The last thing that needs to be seen right now uh, by a Jets fan is what a Justin Fields could do on a football field oh, versus our number. Thank God he's not in the division, though. And um, the player, I yeah. mean, we could have got Kyle Pitts, could have traded down for Kyle Pitts and, and, and still got another pick uh, or, or two or three more picks. I mean. The, what we could have done with that second, and and really it was kind of simple. If you didn't think Justin Fields was your guy, and and by the way, you and I have talked about this. I had no idea why. Uh, you know, Justin Fields has done nothing wrong except run a four three forty as a quarterback. He beat the living shit out of Trevor Lawrence in the Ohio State Clemson game in his senior year, uh, to the point where you just looked at it and said, "My gosh." Uh, um, you know, look, I don't want to go here on this call. Yeah, let's but, not do it. It's, it's not he, worth all it. He had, <laughs> you know, Justin Fields, if he just had blonde hair and blue eyes, would have been, and you said this too, yeah, number, I agree. possibly even the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, you you and I were saying sense. that at the time. We knew he wouldn't go second because of that, and nobody will convince me otherwise. But, you know, it, it's, it's not, I don't even feel like going there here. It's it's not even worth it. Yeah, we're not going to go there tonight. But, but bottom line is, it's really good that we don't have to, you know, potentially do see him on Sunday because oh that was our future. That was a, our potential Justin Herbert. Right? Yeah. Well, so now, like, yeah, like so, I was saying is that even if he's not great, I mean, if the Jets had adequate quarterback play right now, they'd be eight and two, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> and, and to your point about Garrett Wilson and these other guys, it's, it's very obvious that something's been brewing because they wouldn't have lost their shit like that so on, on one day. Like that. You don't, 
You don't lose your shit like that in one day. Something's been brewing, and uh, you know it's it's. We'll find out more. I have a feeling we'll find out more as the time comes. I now think we're going to find out more about that. I agree. Now let's talk about what I think the Jets will do. I don't think okay. the Jets are going to make such a such a, a like a sharp one eighty and take and not start him. I I think what they're going to do is they're going to sit him down. They're going to talk to him and they're going to start him and they're going to have him on a short leash. And then that's be, what that's exactly right. Yeah, and then and then what happens is it's the home crowd. The crowd is going to be fired up. They're going to and the first thing that kid does wrong, they're going to be all over him. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be very ugly. The, the crowd is not is going to be brutal on Zach Wilson on Sunday. And if he does not come out and have a really good game to start, and it's the second quarter and the Jets are down 13-3 or something like that. I think they take him out and then, you know, um and then and then that'll be it for him for at least a little while. Hopefully, you know, hopefully multiple games to to find out what this team has. And then if you want to throw him back in there later in the season if the next guy whether it's White or Strevler or whatever is not that great and where we've lost 6 out of 8 and it's the last two games you want to kick him back in there and find out what he can do then that's fine, but I think if he goes out there and you take him out, you got to leave him out. I think it's got to be a semi-permanent decision. My friend uh my friend Jojo, who's on our site, talking to a friend of Phil's, said the same thing that I was thinking today. He said, uh, just sent, sent me and the rest of the boys a text and just said, I'm not sure I'm going to watch it Jets anymore this year. And, you know, you think it. about that. And, <laughs> and I, when I first read it, I thought about it and I said, you know, I know, I know what he means. And, and, and what he means is I just, I just can't watch that defense play lights out. And us get two point seven inches, uh, you know, a, a was, play during. The, I I just don't know if I can possible? do that. I mean, my life is not happy enough. I'm look. I got a nice wife. I got two boys. One of my boys by like playing in MetLife. A little plug in there for uh, uh, Fridays, the New Jersey State Championships. The <laughs> uh, Paul playing Red Bank at three. Uh, Don Bosco's playing Bergen Catholic at six. Barry, our sponsors are going to be very upset about this. My son, but you know something? <laughs> um, that's the, I don't, MedLife is not going to see me unless my son's playing in the state high school championship game because I'm not going there for professional. And I'm certainly not going there Sunday because I will tell you, if my nightmare scenario, you know this if you're a Jet, what's going to happen is Justin Fields plays. He's able to play. He plays well. Zach Wilson comes out looking terrible, and they replace him with Mike White. And at the end of that game, we lose the game. We say, did we just watch Justin Field kick our ass? And our quarterback, our second pick in the draft, was taken out during the game. But I agree with you. Uh, He's going to start. He's going to be on a very, very short leash. And uh, then the rest of the way, I don't don't know what you do. I mean... uh, in a way, I kind of like the idea that what, what are we going to let's just make it. We'll, we'll pick twentieth in the draft. There's always That's a what's going to happen. We're going we're going to be eight and nine. We're going to lose six out of our last eight. We're going to be eight and nine, <laughs> and we're going to be picking like seventeenth and freaking no man's yeah, land. Right. Somewhere between seventeen and twenty-two. And there's always a quarterback who's a little bit raw. People aren't sure about who 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 drops into the lower part of the first round, even into the second. And you know something. We're, I, I kind of look forward to this year. Uh, you know, you always look forward to the draft adjustment because that's what we have. But, <laughs> you know, that's our who, Super Bowl. who's that linebacker who's going to slip? Who's that kick-ass cornerback or safety who's going to slip? And we don't need a quarterback. That's the great thing. We don't need a quarterback. But this year again, number one pick, 
we're going to have to see who's out there in that second tier of quarterbacks. Well, because I, the good I, ones are yeah. going to go early. And we'll have that second tier. And we'll have to pick them in the first round, which means we're not going to get that, you know, offensive lineman. But I want to switch gears just real quick with you. Well, I want to finish you know, up on that afterwards. That's fine. Yeah, you can go, switch on. Gears go on. You finish up okay. on that. Okay, we'll, so... I do not think the Jets are going to draft another rookie quarterback unless it's a late guy, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, whatever, where they can develop and stick him there. I think at this point now, not only do Salah and, to a degree, Douglas have so much invested in this kid that they need to win with this roster, but this team is ready. The defense is ready. It's growing. I think the defense is very, very good. I don't think it's great yet. I think there's a little, a couple of little things that the defense needs to do to become great. They need to get more turnovers. They need to not miss tackles, whatever. But they're very, very good, and they're good enough to, to make a run. And the offense is, is pretty good. They've got guys. I think the Jets are going to have to trade for a veteran and give up a couple of years worth of draft picks and, and get a guy in here who's going who's gonna to lead this team over the next couple of years. Be, you may be right. I, I, I looked, I, you know, after the game, uh, I did what probably millions of Jeff fans did. You look and see who's coming out in the 2020 draft. You, you look who's on the free agent list. The only guy on the free agent list who we have a chance of getting is Geno Smith. Uh, would, it's going to be a trade. Rob, would yeah. we do it again? I don't think we – well, no, I don't think we'll get Geno Smith. I think what the Jets are going to do, it's going to be a Stafford or a Wilson-type trade. It's going to be like give up three first-round picks to get a guy who's who's maybe a, got four or five years left, and then you take your two-year shot because this team, they cannot stick a rookie to learn with this team now. They've, they've backed themselves into a corner, which a few weeks ago was a good corner. Now it's a bad corner. You cannot bring another rookie in and start from the beginning with the team you've developed now. You just can't. you got to give them a chance to win, and you're going to figure it out as you go the Jets if the Jets give up on Wilson next year they will be they will be taking their shot they are going to mortgage the future like the Rams did to try and win in a two or three year period so you're saying grab yourself somebody out there who's kind of an average you know you know we're in the maybe I'm not sure 18 to 25 range of quarterbacks in the NFL somebody who's kind of that kind of guy and plug him in there and maybe pick a quarterback to develop in the third, fourth round. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, well, I don't um, think they'll trade for a guy like that. I think there's enough disgruntled guys looking for something that the Jets would trade for a top, you know, a top, let's say, a, let's say an eight to we 12 tried guy. That with Cousins. Yeah. We tried that with Cousins. We didn't want to put up the money. Maybe that was, that was, well, that's, Cousins maybe was that's a free why agent. we don't have a. Yeah. Cousins was a free agent. But, uh, yeah, it's going to cost yeah. us draft picks. I think the Jets have to take a shot with the team they have, and they will, because these guys are going to need to save their career. And if Wilson's a bust, which it looks like he is, the only way they're saving their career is to win. And you're not winning if you start another rookie. They're not going to reset the clock there. That's the one situation where you it. don't. So I don't know who's available, but somebody out there is going to be a, a eight an eight to twelve I, area I, I, quarterback. I'm looking at the rosters. I can't find anybody, but maybe that's a good. Uh, Maybe that's a good exercise for the dark siders to do over the yeah, next couple let's weeks. Do it. We'll, we'll do another podcast. The, yeah. Let's pinpoint the guy. You know? we'll, we'll go no, um, do another podcast and figure out who, who it might be. So how yeah, about that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, go ahead. Switch Dr. your gear. Maybe Dr. Stu shall lead us on Dr. our quarterback Dr. Stu <laughs> was so upset yesterday. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do a podcast. So I got I to gotta get him back on I, here. I, I, you know, I can't believe But I want to just turn gears on one thing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving... Uh, Zach Wilson to pass here at all because there were just too many bounced passes and too many screens 10 feet over the receiver's head. It was too many of those for me to even give him a smallest pass here, but 
I was hearing names of offensive linemen on the Jets who sincerely I did not know were even on the team. Um, yes, you know, you got Garrett Wilson going out there. Elijah Moore, he's lost something. Uh, you know, obviously a, head, a little bit of a head case, maybe immaturity, who knows, but he's not doing the magical things he did in his first year. Uh, the two running backs could not get anything on their own uh, during the game. Uh, the tight ends were invisible. I don't remember hearing a tight end's name the entire game. Well, that's because uh, he overthrew Conklin at one point. When he yeah, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, but I, I, I just don't. I, I look at that offensive line that we have. It's not even a makeshift offensive line. This is not the. Uh, I don't. Is there is there a single offensive lineman who's playing where he played in the in the first game of the season, or as we we're approaching the first game? Who who's out there that? That, that is playing in their position that you even know. I, I don't know. I don't even know most yeah. of these guys. Herbig, I, I, yeah. even, you know, Herbig, you know, a big success story this year. Even he's a, he, he's a pregame scratch. We didn't have a real offensive line out there. Not that I think, it, you know, look, you know, Zach Wilson, he could have had, you know, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line wouldn't have helped him. But we we are I, and and that loss of Brees Hall. I always go back to that. Um, and and the thing I was thinking about before we were talking today is just that just that last run he had that he had that touchdown before he got hurt, where they where they did a statistic. I didn't even know this is a statistic. They said he ran the fastest touchdown run that any running back up to that point in the NFL had ever won this right. year. Mm-hmm. Like in other words. Somehow this guy, I, I always thought when we picked him, he was a solid, solid, very good back. I didn't really know he had this level of speed, athletic talent, ability to break runs, all the things that he was doing, uh, basically a superstar in the making. And then he goes down. That has to hurt your offense. It has to. It didn't help yesterday not having any receiver out there who could actually get themselves open other than Wilson. I, 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 I'm a Mims guy. I always like Mims. I, you know, He's another um, idiot. But, you know, I, I, and Mims dropped one. It was right in his hands. Right in his hands. And it was actually one of the few good passes Zach, William, Zach Wilson threw. It's the best right? pass I've ever seen Wilson throw. It's the only time I've ever seen him literally hit a receiver in stride, and this idiot jumped up for it like he, like he you know. And he it would, hits him in his hands. Hits him in his hands. If he just keeps running, that's, I, that's a 50-yard <laughs> pass. Let's go on. Only the Jets. But, uh, only okay. the Jets. But, so, I mean, we, we are hurting on the offensive line. You have to admit. Just, I, I, this I is ugly. Okay, so I'm going to answer your question, then we're going to we're going to do a, a quick exercise, and then we'll wrap it up because I'm going to I'm also okay. going to get some one of the other dark siders on here in a little bit. So let's do it. So I I agree. Now all of those things are true. Bad line. He doesn't have a lot of tools right now because of that line. But at the end of the day, he still had opportunities to make enough plays that he should have got it done. Now, if you want to tell me we would have won the game 10-6 or you know, 13-9, I'm okay with that. I don't care about ugly wins. I'd rather have an ugly win than a beautiful loss. So if he finds a way to win and and 
somehow overcomes that atrocious line. That's that's all I'm looking for here. So, but for me, I can forgive all of that because he is young. He's developing. It's possible that stuff will will come to him. But if you look at some of these things where guys break stuff down, he's not making his reads, and there's wide open guys standing there by themselves. He never sees them. But the leadership thing is the really big thing for me. That again, that's that the trap good. door shutting. The leadership thing is the huge thing. And having been in business, having been on, you know, I've been running fantasy leagues forever. Integrity and leadership, and and the ability to take accountability when you do something wrong, is what inspires trust in people. If you can't get people to trust you, they will never work for you, play for you, or anything like that. And he destroyed, for the time being, his trust. And I don't think there's time in the real sense or in the football business sense for them to be able to find the ways to build that back. I think he's done. See, I had a guy I had a guy at work once tell me, and uh, very true, you're talking about another guy at work. It, it was, this guy was a relatively new guy at work, which is kind of getting known, working in the finance department. It came over his office talking to him. He was telling me how he didn't like this other guy at work. And I asked him, why not? And he said, well, I, I heard he cheats on his wife. And I said to him, well, so why would that make you the world. <laughs> not like him? I mean, that's his personal life like that. And he, and he said to me something I'll never forget. This is like 25 years ago. He said, you know, Barry, if a guy would make would break his promise to the one person in the world he's promised never to break his promise to, why wouldn't he lie to me? That's true. And I thought about that. And I said, you know, I, I, I get that. You know, I, I really understand it. And, you know, I know you're saying that, like, right after the game yesterday, he said, you know, do you, do you take any blame for this? No. Um, to me, when he banged his mother's girlfriend, when he's got this hot, nice girlfriend, uh, I, I mean, I just looked at it and I said, that, look, I, I, I like girls. Uh, would I have done the same? Probably not. Uh, I, I just think that it, that, to me, was an indicator of his character. Um, that was an indicator that he's not really focused on his career. He's focused on the things that come along with the career. But to me, he hasn't shown anything yet. I, I don't, I've not seen, like we were talking about it, even during the game, where it's just, I haven't seen three passes in a row that hit the receiver in, this, in two years. So, you know, I, I feel the guy lacks character uh, in his personal life. And I feel that, uh, What's happening now is, is is very understandable to me because he's a person who uh, doesn't have good character. That's that's right. that's, well, that's my statement. Yeah, I, I I'm right there with you, and I think if you're a quarterback, right. If you play decently well and the team loses, you, you cover for your guys and you take the blame. You may Now, you may go sit and have a conversation with them personally, privately, in the locker room and say, hey, listen, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to step up. I need you to be better. But you should, as the face, whether it's the coach, the GM, the quarterback, you need to take the responsibility for your guys, right? In Zach Wilson's position, he was atrocious. There's, you know, as you mentioned before, there's guys who were supporting Zach Wilson, and he's lost everybody now. Everybody's going crazy. He's terrible. He's terrible. How could he not? How could he look at a, at a group of people and say? No, I wasn't bad. I, you know, I, I didn't let the defense down. You know, leadership 101 to get people to trust you, believe in you, and fight for you is to, is to freaking admit your shortcomings and take the responsibility. He couldn't even do that. So he, he lost a lot of people. If he lost the fan base, there's no way he didn't lose some of the team yesterday. Just know? remember, as bad as Sam Darnold was, not one receiver ever threw up his arms and said, come on, come on. Nope. Never. Nope. 
to Never. Sam Donald's credit, he was he had very similar issues to Zach Wilson. He didn't go through his reads. He didn't see guys. He made the same mistakes over and over. But at this point, he was much better than Zach Wilson, and he said the right things, which is why even fans were confused about whether we should get rid of him or not. We didn't give him the talent. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. With Zach Wilson, I think it, I think it's a little more definitive. And again, it is quick. It's happened quick, but it's a little more definitive. Okay, final exercise. Short, short leash. Okay. Shortly, short, short leash. Uh, I'm giving them first quarter and then, uh, that's it. I would love to, I would love it if they, I don't think they will, but I would love it if they actually took them out and and told them to take a seat for a while. I I really would. Good for you. Okay. So final little exercise and then we'll call it a night. It was great speaking to you again, my friend. Uh, this is by the way, I'm not sure if I even announced it. It is the fake spike podcast episode 79. And, uh, Barry is one of my, uh, regular talking, talking partners on, on our Facebook group, the, uh, Jets fans uncensored. It's a place for darksiders. But um, so here we are, right? We're week 12 coming up. It's usually the time of year when if the Jets are terrible, they start to play well. And if they're good, they start to screw up, right? And we've seen this circus come to town a number of times where something goes and 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 spoils the broth, so to speak. And and you have that crossroads. And most times, this is when the Jets spiral, lose six out of seven, seven out of eight, maybe even all the games, right? This is... I mean, there's still some same old Jets, um, you know, results, but this does not seem like the same old Jets in an overall sense. So, Barry, from Barry's point of view, what happens with the Jets from here? Do they right the ship and go on and and win? You know, split their games from here on out, end up ten and seven, nine and eight, you know, maybe eleven and six, whatever. Or is this the point where the the 2022 season went off the rails and the Jets end up seven and ten? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna split it. Okay. Okay. Because that defense, I, I honestly believe that defense is a top two or three defense in the league, and to me, that's good enough to split the games, the balance of the season, and also, more importantly, it puts us out of reach of getting one of the better players in the draft, which is what we do. <laughs> well, yeah, if even if we look six and eleven, we're not going to have a top ten pick anyway. Whoever was there at seventeen that we really wanted, we won't get it because we picked eighteen. So yeah. with that in mind, uh, I'm, I'm saying defense gives us better than not chance the rest of the way. Rob? Okay. Good talking to pleasure. you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I feel like I've been your psychologist tonight, and we got right down to it. It's all about so much better. character. Okay? Thanks I hear for clearing you. that up, Rob. Barry, take care, my friend. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. That was the one and only Barry Turner, a uh, dark sider with a sense of humor, so to speak. Normally, this would be where I'd end the podcast and move on to the next one, but we've got another special guest about to join us, and uh, now we've got the one and only Lorenzo Mamelli, good friend of mine from way back, also a huge Jets fan, uh, has radio shows and does all kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff like this. So you feel feel free to plug your stuff if you want, my friend. I mean, 12, 13 people might actually hear it, but go right ahead and plug yourself. Go for it. Well, first of all, I am very happy to be able to shoot the breeze. Uh. With a diehard like I, yourself, the founder of Darksiders, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is a, which is a, a absolutely must visit place if you're a Jet fan who likes to talk about the Jets and and is usually predisposed to the inevitability of disaster going yeah. to fall on your head sooner or later. So, so thanks. Thanks for having me on. And, and for those of you, what he's mentioning, I, I'm wearing my hoodie, actually. Look at that. I do a show on Maker Park Radio, which is a streaming radio station here on Staten Island. 
um, called The Rocker, which is a the show is about uh, the generations of rock and roll from the early 50s to the present day. And I play a diverse hodgepodge of stuff. And it's on every other Saturday morning on MakerParkRadio.nyc, which is a streaming radio station based here in Staten Island. And um, I think my, my next my next show, my next live broadcast will be on December the 3rd at 10 a.m. If you're so inclined to check it out. If you want to check out what it sounded like in the past, you can always visit our uh, website at uh, therockernyc.com and the shows are archived there so you can check them out. So thanks for letting me do the plug, Rob. Thank you. Yeah, no, if you if you like 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 real catchy um, rock and roll, Lorenzo will play a lot of popular songs, but there's also a bunch that that are not as well known. And and I've found a few songs that I really like a lot. And it's a, it's a great listen. So give it. A, give Thank it a call. you. The dude's a pro. You can tell. I mean, he's not much to look at, but he's got a voice for radio. This guy. I would have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the New York Jets uh, always end up in this spot. They they're they're same old Jetsing us to death this week. And, it's brutal. Uh, I want Brutal. to get your take. I want to get. I know. I know some of your take because we've we've uh, talked on um in the group on Facebook. But give me give me your take now that some other things have developed today on Zach Wilson. I mean, I, I mean, I think you know mine. We'll talk about it. But I mean, Zach Wilson just he might he might have destroyed his his opportunity as a Jets quarterback yesterday. Well, you know, first things first is obviously performance is what it's all about first and foremost, and we all know how. Had how poorly he played yesterday and how poorly he played in the last New England game. I didn't think it was possible for him to be even worse than he was in the first New England game. So, you know, so he didn't turn the ball over. He should have had two picks against him. Uh, but the bottom line is, and you and I have spoken about this in the past, and, you know, they're playing the game right now around him. And that will work for a while when you have this great defense the Jets have, and it's a potentially great defense. As a matter of fact, I, I think after yesterday, they probably moved up in the defensive ranking, so they're probably a top-five defense in the league right now. But you cannot continue to hide the fact that our quarterback is a liability. And when you say this is a number-two overall pick who cannot complete a pass to an open receiver in the flat who cannot set his feet and throw right at an open receiver. He's short, short hops the ball. He throws it high. In a game yesterday where the game was there for the taking, we couldn't manage any, I mean any offense in the second half. Two total net yards of offense passing, whatever it was. The bottom line is there was a there was a wonderful graphic today on one of the websites that said that the Jets actually averaged two and a half inches of offense per play in the second half that is embarrassing which is saying a That's, lot for a franchise that has a lot of things to be embarrassed about over the course of its history Dude, the but center right, picks the ball up to snap it yeah, and gets more than 2.7. That's, that's, that's inconceivable. <laughs> I know. I mean, we weren't playing the 86 Bears or the 2000 Ravens here. We were playing the Patriots, who admittedly have a good offense, um, a good defense, excuse me. But there's no reason for this offense, with all the talent that they added to it, to be this inept and, and unable to move the ball. Right. And you want to throw some things in the lap of the offensive coordinator, that's fine. I'm 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 of the opinion that the offensive coordinator is afraid to call a lot of plays because they don't want to expose well, yeah. this kid that's because it's playing. I mean, question. if you can't have you know, if you can't hit a simple check down pass, how can you trust him to run anything more complicated than that? And, and it's nothing about Belichick either. It's really I'm not buying into the Belichick. Well, you know, Belichick and the young quarterbacks. Mac Jones didn't beat us yesterday. We beat us yesterday. Mac Jones didn't beat us in the first game. 
we beat us in the first game, and most of these two losses can be laid at the feet of the quarterback's inability to do the most fundamental part of the game. And I am of the mindset that you have to be patient with these young quarterbacks now. All of them come in the league and they get thrown into the fire right away, and not all of them are capable of handling the pressure right away. But because of the financial restrictions and everybody wants to win while they're on their rookie contract, I understand all that. All right, but at the same time, there are guys that were picked later than him that are doing – I mean, if we had Mac Jones on our side of the ball yesterday, we That's, probably would have won. We Justin Fields, we would have won. We would have won. won with Justin Fields. We would have won with Kenny Pickett yesterday, Rob. We would have won with any – well, basically, my, my take has been that we would have won at least one other game. Uh, we would have We would be a much better team if we even got – semi-adequate not even adequate semi-adequate quarterback yeah. play just don't just don't suck that's the only qualification to make this team a contender for a playoff spot and if you get decent quarterback play you can make a run if you get good quarterback play this team in the nfl where everything everything changes week to week there's only one or two teams that can consistently beat a team like the jets the way the jets are now if the jets got good quarterback play you know chiefs the bills I mean, you want to throw, you know, you want to throw the 49ers in there at any given point because they have that defense. I mean, I mean, how many others are, are consistent enough that you would really fear them in the postseason? But now you got to say with this guy, you know, you might not get to the postseason because of it. But I wanted to go back to your point, um, you know, when I asked about whether Zach Wilson was done. I agree with all of that. You have to be patient with these guys. You must be patient. And I think the Jets would have, and I'm going to make that, I'm going to make that past tense. Would have been patient with Zach Wilson up until he definitively proved that he cannot do the job. And I don't think he's definitively proved that on a play level yet. He's way behind the curve. He's got the tools. Can he be developed? I don't know. I think the leadership is the big thing. And I think after the way he, for the second time in the last three games, wouldn't take any responsibility for his poor play, he absolutely lost some of that team yesterday. You see all these reports of guys on Twitter. You see Garrett Wilson jumping around in frustration on the field. Once he loses the team, they can't afford to have him holding them back because they don't respect him and they're not going to support him. So it's very possible that he has he has lost his opportunity here, and I think it rightfully so. I think if you are immature and petulant enough to to not take responsibility and and not recognize that being a leader means taking accountability and and covering for your guys and and at least appreciating that you're holding them back and they, they're fighting for you, I don't think you have a, a, a strong future in the league. And I think that's the point Zach Wilson's at now. So I, I agree with you. I think that that is the real the the real. As bad as his play was, you can always say like, okay, well, he's playing, what, his 20th game as a pro after yesterday? But after the game, to stand on that podium and to answer those questions, and when the the one question came up and you say, no, I don't think I let the defense down. How Are you kidding you me? How could you not? <laughs> Even if you don't believe it, all right, unless the, no one in the Jets organization is teaching him how to handle a, a, a press conference, which you really shouldn't have to have to teach these guys. But, of course, some of them need a to be taught. Leader wouldn't need to a be natural taught leader that, right? doesn't need that. I went back and looked. I'm sure you saw this as well. Now, we, we all know about what Josh Allen did after he, he lost to us, right? Josh Allen put the, took the load on his shoulders, and he said, you can't win if your quarterback plays like shit. That's what he said straight up. Yep. Okay, and that's Josh Allen. That's Josh Allen, who was in the AFC Championship game last year, seconds away from advancing to the Super Bowl. That's Josh Allen, who is the MVP candidate this year. That's Josh Allen. Okay, Mark Sanchez. 
I just saw this today, and I've forgotten all about it, but Mark Sanchez, when he was a first-year quarterback, we had a game we played against the Bills where Mark Sanchez threw five interceptions on a miserable weather day. And I just saw the, the quotes from Mark Sanchez from that game where he basically took all the slings and arrows, put it all in his shoulders, saying, I can't do that to my team. I have to be better. I have to be able to put, put the ball where it belongs. The weather had nothing to do with it. This kid was even mentioning the wind yesterday. Yeah. He played ball in Utah. In Utah, for God's sake, in the mountains, where the wintertime is, you're, you're complaining about your first experience with wind in the Northeast, and you're supposed to have a rifle for an arm? Right. So there's excuses as well. But forget that. Let's, let's talk about the fact that he played in the same wind as Mac Jones did. Mac Jones, and, and to go to your point about only 20 games in, I'm sick of that excuse. Mac Jones is only about the same amount of games right, in. Agreed. And, and he was 23 of 27 in the same wind. You know, if the Jets had Mac Jones on the team yesterday, they probably win that game 27 to 3. You know, it's it, it, enough of the excuses about how many games he's played and the leadership thing just just kills it. And, you know, I forgot about the wind thing, too. Making oh, my excuses. goodness. About the wind is just, you know, the, the guy on the other side had an 85% completion percentage in the same conditions you played yeah. in. You know, yeah, so no. excuses it's, are like ass. I'm we hearing people that. calling him, uh, he's Sam Donald 2.0. I'll no. say this about Sam Donald. Sam Donald, Face at this point in his development, right? was way ahead of this guy. This guy's got 13 TDs through 20 games. Sam Donald, I believe, had 28 after 20 games. Right. Sam Darnold never had, Sam Darnold had Robbie Anderson, Chris Herndon, at one point, Frank Gore. He never had the supporting <laughs> cast that this kid has now. No, they went out and they put, you know, now the only thing that he has a legitimate gripe about is the fact that his offensive line has been a disaster since he started. Now, I understand he had you can't use it as a crush because so, it's right. not as bad as it looks, but he was supposed to have two bookends. And there you have it. We haven't seen Mekhi Becton. Losing Tucker is a disaster, really. But the offensive line also is a byproduct of the quarterback's ability to read the defense, to get the ball out of his hands, to know when to use his feet to move forward, step up in the pocket. This, this kid doesn't do any of that stuff doesn't consistently. And he has yet to play one full, complete competent NFL game as a Jets quarterback or from start half, to finish or even a half. He's had, you know, yeah, he plays for quarters, quarters at a time. Yeah. That's it. All right. And it's it, and at this point you expect, you expect so much more at this particular point in his development. Just no one is adequate. expecting him. No, no one's expecting him to be Patrick Mahomes, although he seems to think he's Patrick Mahomes with these sidearm throws that he fine. comes up with. It's it's very it's just frustrating. And when you add in what he said after the game yesterday, I'm not surprised at all that Salah had the press conference today where he said love that he's it. not committing to him. And I love I, it that he I recognizes that and is not blindly committing. I absolutely love that because you know that. I mean, how big a deal does that have to be for a coach to actually do that after all they did for the past few weeks was say he's that guy no matter what the rest of the season? That is a, That tells me that it's as big as I feel it is, and the coach yeah, recognizes that as well. To me. It's, it's a huge step. But going back one second to, to the whole Zach Wilson and, and Sam Darnold thing and, and Wilson not having a line, you know, it's two separate points. Yeah. Darnold had a lot of the same issues, made the same mistakes, couldn't, didn't go past his first or second read, whatever, but, but he was infinitely better. But more importantly, as a guy who has, who has been in business and, and run leagues and done all these things where people have to trust me, right? 
he he had leadership ability. Sam Donald was would face the heat on the on the on the press conference and take the responsibility. And you you hit it right on the head. I said it earlier to Barry. Is even if you even if it's not your fault, you should be up there taking yeah. the responsibility anyway. And then you go sit and talk to the guy who you have to make better and say, hey, this is what I need you to do. This is how you're going to be better. I can't have you doing this. You have that conversation privately. Make the person respect you, but publicly you don't throw everybody else under the bus, especially when it is you, especially. Yeah. As far as the whole line thing, yes, it's bad. But, you know, the Jets, with the offensive Jets have, they should be putting up 25 points a game. So if you want to tell me the line's bad, that they're only going to put up 17, that's fine. It's a team sport. you got a defense that's going to hold teams to 10 or 12 points at worst. So if you score 17 points a game, you probably win 80% of them with this defense. That's so very true. That's, that's not a valid point to me anymore. It, it, it was a few weeks ago, but now he, he had plenty of opportunities yesterday to make plays and, and couldn't do it. I mean, he made one yeah, good no. throw. There, there's, no, there's, yeah, there's, there's no, the one good throw he made was the throw that it was actually the one that Mims dropped. dropped and it was right in his bread it was basket. The, but it's the only it's, throw it's I've hilarious. ever seen Wilson make that was in stride. And, and yeah. for whatever reason, Mims felt he had to jump for it. Yeah, for some strange he did, he did his Don, Johnny Lamb Jones imitation. <laughs> uh, Jones. But it, it, it's, it's strange. It's just one of those things where, you know, it just seems like forever that we've been. No matter, we've turned into the the Cincinnati Bengals of the of the late '90s, where they kept getting those top picks and drafting quarterbacks, and they all turns out to be busts. Now, I, am I saying he's a bust already? He's well into bust territory right now. I certainly hope he doesn't turn into a bust because we may be darksiders, but we don't want to we don't want to cut off our noses to spite our own faces. We want these guys to succeed because yeah. you know we're not getting right. any younger. You know, win. we're on the shorter <laughs> end of like our jet longevity as fans right now you're younger than me but it's just you know before you, you know, we never thought we'd be sitting here at this particular point in our lives rob still wondering whether our team is ever going to compete actually actually <laughs> Dude, win a championship it, it's a just legitimate get to the concern now like we can yeah. legitimately say we may not have enough time to wait for them at this point my kids it is, don't it have is to worry about that but it, it yeah it's it's a legitimate concern now it's not funny anymore it's true it is. It's. It's, because, it's. It's. We're talking about. You know. This. There are three generations now since they last appeared in the Super Bowl. Okay. Now we've had four. You know, close calls where we. You know, we made it to the AFC Championship game and we lost them all. And all the one thing we had in common in all those games is we had to play them all on the road. I would hope to think that one day, if we finally get one at home, that we can finally use the home field advantage and get ourselves over the hump there. But uh, it, it is right now. There's too much talent on this team. I mean, it is a good problem to have. I mean, in defense of Salah and Douglas, they took one year to turn the worst defense in football into one of the best defenses in football. Yeah. I don't even think they thought it was going to be this successful this quickly. And because of that, it has really moved up the timetable on what they have to do on offense. All right, they added all these pieces on offense, and we've seen the flashes. I mean, this, the sad thing with losing Brees Hall because we saw how important Brees Hall was to this offense. But we see how much talent there is in Garrett Wilson. Uh, we, we, you know, we don't use the tight ends enough, but we're loaded with tight ends now. We should use them. You know, and the thing is now because the team has gotten the 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 defense has become so good so quickly, we can't sit around and wait for Zach Wilson to finally figure it out. And if right. Zach Wilson's attitude is going to be like, "Hey, it's not me," it's not me, right? you know, then you know you you cannot simply just sit there. I mean, I, I'm tired of hearing about it. But Brian Dayball did the right thing in the very first game when he took over the Giants when he got in the face of Daniel Jones, right, right yeah. on the bat. He told he's like, "You have to have responsibility for that ball." 
That ball is everyone's salary in your hands. You cannot just throw a ball willy-nilly in the red zone and into coverage and cost us a possession. And look how Daniel Jones has played before yesterday, and that's a team that doesn't have half the talent we have on either side of the ball right now. So I'm glad that they're taking this step. I'm just concerned now because the speculation is whether or not it's going to be Mike White or Joe Flacco. And that could be another conversation if you're interested in having, because those are yeah, ramifications no. about that as well. Whether which one of those two they go to. Uh, well, to address the Jack, the, the Jack, the Zach Wilson thing, um, as far as uh, not waiting for him, I think you can wait for him to develop. I don't think you can wait for him to mature, right? Uh, because this well is a said. team that's ready to win. Uh, so yeah. if you're going to tell me that that the Jets were going to are gonna and rightfully so before the last couple of weeks and especially yesterday i was all for riding zach wilson until you knew what you had i wasn't going to be happy about it but i think if you are still not sure he can be your guy you, you you stick with him no matter what and you find out and if you sacrifice this year for the better of the future i think people will understand that it would suck but at least you know you're going somewhere once you get to the point where Zach Wilson's not the guy and you know it, which in my opinion was yesterday and may not be the case in the Jets organization, then you you owe it to the team to go in a different direction, even if it's just temporarily to see where it goes. So whether it's White or Flacco, I don't care. I think uh, I am of the strong opinion that the Jets are good enough that with mediocre quarterback play, they can be solid enough to let the rest of the guys continue and make a playoff run. And that means either one of those guys would be an, would be an overall improvement. It doesn't have to be a huge improvement. It's just got to be not sucking. So right. You just need, you just need competent play right now. Just competent yeah. quarterback play. You, you just they really don't you don't need anybody who's going to go out there and carry the team on their back right now. I mean, yeah, obviously, a, there was there was no no one was surprised at Belichick's game plan yesterday because it was a simple game plan. We're going to stop the run and we're going to say beat us with your arm. And he had no 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 chance to beat him with his arm because his arm may have all the talent in it but it's not connected right now to his brain it simply isn't yeah i mean he doesn't set his feet he throws no, off they balance. seem to operate independently yeah. of each other and you know at this particular level it's very i've always said this you know you make it to the nfl that means you you know you're 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 a unicorn really because when you think of all the college programs in this country and all the guys young men who are playing college football at the at the FBS and the FCS level, okay? A lot, a lot of talent. But of, of all those thousands of players, only a handful get to the NFL. So if you got to the NFL, it's because you have the physical ability to play this game at the top level. What you need now is the mental ability to play that game. We've seen so many guys come and go, quarterbacks especially. I mean, you know, you can, we can name and drop them off the top of our heads, people like Ryan Leaf and Rick Meyer. These are guys who had tremendous college careers, right? And they came into Marcus the NFL Russell. and they were completely lost, lost. Didn't matter how much physical talent they had. They couldn't handle the mental aspect of the game, the game that moves so much more quickly and the players are bigger. It's the best of the very best. And I think – he was a byproduct of, I think, the fact that he was playing, uh, he was playing lower end competition, and that was and further war- watered down during the pandemic. And they but fell he, in love he really with his only big. Only had yeah. one good year, right? And, and, they, and he, and they, he fell in love with this big arm 
We all saw that particular that clip from the combine, whatever it was, where he just threw this ridiculous pass 70 yards in the air, and everybody was going, ooh and ah. That's wonderful. So he could throw the ball 70 yards in the air. You know who the most efficient quarterback in Jet history was? Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington. Who couldn't yeah, throw, could not throw a ball down the field to save his life. And it wasn't his fault. His arm, which was not strong enough to begin with, got hurt uh, several times. But Chad Pennington, on this offense right now, he would have led that team down the field. He was 75% passer. He's, I, I believe he's still the, the most efficient passer in the history of the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Highest completion pass percentage of anybody. Yeah, he might not and be all anymore. He, he moved the ball yeah. down the field, and, and that's yeah. what this team needed. I mean, you think of the Buffalo game. That's what we wanted out of Zach Wilson again in the New England game. We wanted him, we wanted obviously to be able to run the ball, and we wanted him to hit the passes when they were necessary. Right. But now every time he drops back to pass, you hold your breath. Yeah, You don't I, know what's coming. One of the things I was saying about Wilson in the Buffalo game, which I got yelled at by some Wilson supporters, was that you know we need him to do that. He played well enough not to lose. He didn't play well. He didn't do anything to, to win that game or carry the team or anything. He played well enough not to lose, which is all we really need. Probably, If you can beat Buffalo with that, you can beat just about anybody in the league. So that's what we need from Zach Wilson or any quarterback right now. Just don't suck. Don't give the game away. If you don't give the game away, the defense will keep you in it. Maybe the guys make a play on offense. But when you play like you did yesterday where you can't move the ball and it's constant three and outs, they had more punts than completions. Have that's you ever a, heard yeah. of such a ludicrous Never stat heard in your of, life? That's, I mean, the 2.7 inches per play, two yards net in the second half. and 11 punts to than, nine completions. That's amazing. More punts I mean, than completions. It's just that's it was amazing. Third and, third and long. On, well, let's talk about the play calling for a minute. How do you pass on first down, run on second down every single drive and put, you, and put a kid like that in third and eight or worse every drive? I mean, I don't know whether – whether the offensive coordinator just can't game plan for him, has dumbed it down so much, hoping the kid will click, or he just is incapable of making a game plan for what he's got. I'm not sure what it is anymore. I just yeah, don't. I, I, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to fathom because I agree with you. As, after a certain point of watching that game yesterday, which was slow torture, you're saying, and you see the same plays on every single drive and you're wondering like when are they going to think when are they going to go to a jumbo package and try to run this ball when are they going to bring in two tight ends or maybe about three yes. tight something anything and part of me is saying like is it the oc or is it that they their playbook has been shortened so much by the limitations they feel are on on this quarterback's shoulders and and, it, and and that's the case because we're not talking about – here's the thing. We're walking this ridiculous line between we took a guy second overall in the draft, right. not second – not the, our second round. This was the number two pick in a draft after Trevor Lawrence. Right. And while Trevor Lawrence is not exactly making anybody f remember the – generational talent tag we had yet. Trevor Lawrence would yeah. have won yesterday too. But Trevor Lawrence <laughs> would have won that game. I really feel the same way, Rob. That's what's sad part gone right now. Three and out 67 times, you know? I mean, it's... Because right now he's statistically the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. It's not even close. Statistically and visibly. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, there, there are backup quarterbacks on most of these teams that, including our own, that are better suited to lead a team than this kid is right now. And um, I, 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 I don't. I was willing to say I was willing to let him start against Chicago because Chicago is like tailor made for this kid right now. Chicago's defense can't stop the run. Chicago's defense allows thirty points per game. Our defense, I think, is is 
totally capable of shutting down Justin Fields and maybe Justin Fields may not even play this week. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But so I thought, okay, they're going to let him start because it's a game where he can like suddenly get his, whatever his mojo is, if he has any of it back. And if he doesn't, you know, they would yank him right away because the fans would revolt and, and maybe you storm the field on yes. Sunday. It's but, a home game. It's going to be it's a ugly. home game. Right. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. They're, I mean, they're they, probably going to start Zach Wilson. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with the feeling that they're probably going to start him. And if he doesn't, Get the job done. I think he's on an extremely short leash. I, I agree. Extremely short leash. And can you imagine like his first pass is thrown into the ground? What, really, what the yeah, fans I, are going to do? They're going to go absolutely. Abso- I mean, you can't take him out after one play, but the fans are going to go ape shit if yeah, Zach Wilson's absolutely. in there and, and starts out poorly. Okay. It's in, it's incredible. It's it's just, and you know, if you want to really look down the road here, if this kid turns out not to be the answer. I am of the mindset that I do not want to draft another quarterback. No. I want to go and get a veteran quarterback. No, I'll I take agree with Derek you. Carr right now. I just I, I'll take I'll take so many middle of the road quarterbacks right now with this defense that I, I would be very satisfied because I know that I know that there's so many of them that could run this offense and prosper in this offense right now. Well, and, you kind of and, beat me to the punch. I was going to yeah. bring this up with you. Is do the Jets? I'm of the strong opinion. I agree completely. I don't think the Jets, with how quickly the rest of the team has developed, I don't think you can saddle yeah. this team with a rookie quarterback starting from scratch again. So, yes, it will be a trade for a veteran if it has to happen. The question then becomes, do they do they give up a couple of mid-round picks for a, to a journeyman and hope he can strike lightning? Or do they make a Stafford or Russell Wilson type deal, trade for a guy mid-end of his career and take a three-year shot? Because Salah and and and, and uh, Douglas are not going to survive another rookie they if if they yeah. give if they have to give up on Wilson which to me it looks like they do they are going to have to find a way to win in order to keep their jobs in a 2 to 3 year window because at the end of that 2 to 3 year window all these rookies are going to need to be paid you're not going to be able to hold the team together and you better have won a super bowl during that time or they're out the door too so there's a lot at stake there yeah i i would have to agree that it's really a lot at stake right now they they've when, when you tie yourself to a, a young quarterback you really got to have that quarterback has got to produce for you because you're right at this point with the team, like with the rapid ascension of this, of this defense and the major infusion of talent on this offense, you cannot suddenly start over again at quarterback. You can't go out there and no. do, oh, no. and first of all, we all they're know ready. how much of a crap shoot these quarterbacks are now, no. you know, they're, they're all out there. I mean, uh, for every Josh Allen that just comes into the league and let's not forget Josh Allen was a disaster for the fir- pretty much for his first two seasons. He really was before the light came on. And now we, we look at Josh Allen and everybody looks at him like, oh, they got it right. They didn't know they got it right. They had no idea at the beginning. Okay. They got it right. He's, a, he's another guy. He's a guy who comes from Wyoming. Not exactly. You know, we're not talking about a guy who came from, you know, the Big Ten or from or, or, the, SEC, uh, or, 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 or the SEC. Okay. We're talking about a guy who came from one of the lesser conferences and he was playing the same level of competition basically as Zach Wilson. And yet it, it, it took him two years to get it figured out. Unfortunately, you know, he was also the same draft as Sam. And, and unfortunately, they got the right guy. And in the prospect of having another era of football pass before our eyes, where the dominant quarterbacks in the AFC East reside elsewhere, is just too much for me to bear. For 20 years, 20 we had to years, endure yeah. Brady. <laughs> Before that, we had to endure the you know the Bills. Before that, we had to you know Jim Marino. Kelly. Before that, we had to do Marino. It never winds up in our lap. The guy never winds up in our lap. And now Josh Allen, okay. And I'm saying to myself, I can't do this again. And 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 Tua is finally looking really good. 
And and I, I just got we 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 have to have the play a quarterback. And I don't want and and I know what you're saying. You know we don't need much with the way this team is stacked right now to win. But you know what, Rob? I'm tired. I don't want a middling quarterback. No, I'd like to have a no, guy no. who could actually we could say is in the top tier of the league, the top third, that top ten guy. Yeah, we're due well, for that guy. We are due. And and when I say we could win with a middling guy, I'm just using it as an example. I don't want the ultimate the ultimate um, result to be that we have Kirk Cousins or right. you know Case yeah, Keenum I, or these guys. I don't yeah. I don't want that to be the result. But with Geno Smith. Of play, Geno Smith, right. <laughs> With that kind of play right now, we would we would be in contention, right? Ultimately, I think the Jets are going to end up trading for that guy you talked about. I mean, you know, in the recent years, there's been a lot more quarterback trades than there ever were before. Deshaun right. Watson, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, just, just to name three off the top of my head, the Jets will go make a trade like that and get a, a guy in the top half of the quarterback of the quarterback hierarchy, and 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 it'll give them a two to three in w- window to make a run. And Douglas. You know, Salah, I like I like him a lot. Jury's still slightly out, but Douglas has done a good enough job to survive the Wilson being a bust because of the team he's put together. But he will not survive it if they if they do not solve the quarterback issue somehow, whether that's a veteran, whether it's a journeyman, whatever. But if if they don't get that issue solved, then I think I don't think Douglas survives either. And I think he knows that. I think he, he has all of that at stake. He's bought himself a little extra time. You know, if the if this draft over the past couple of years weren't as good as they were, he might not even survive Wilson. But I think he has bought that now and he's probably got another legitimate shot to bring someone in here and and hopefully salvage everything. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's bought himself some time. And uh, I think in all fairness to Salah, Salah came in the year after Adam Gase left his team in, in, in shambles. And um, and so I think that Salah would probably have, in all fairness, especially now that the team has overachieved and the defense has moved up the ladder so rapidly, I think that Salah probably has at least another year of um, credit in the I bank agree. as well. I think and, yeah, and, because and, Douglas is making the decision, and that's his right. guy. I agree. Yeah, right. and it's great. It's 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 the, the the thing about it though is with all the great picks that he's made in these last two drafts, the weight of the quarterback is so so heavy on the head of the general manager that he could literally fill the team, which he's basically done. He's filled the team. I mean, his his not only did he do, make tremendous acquisitions and, and selections in the draft, but his acquisitions that he's made in free agency and trades. I mean, the yeah. addition of DJ Reed on that defense and yeah, Kwan Alexander, Alexander and, uh, yeah, Shaq. I mean, you know, we, we that – He's he's really done a tremendous job these past two years. You know, we we and he basically, you know, first couple of years we were all very critical of him because we weren't sure that he was the guy. His drafts were not that impressive, but now he's he's really running on a hot streak right now. But all that can go up in smoke because of the quarterback. Because nothing is worse than basically, you know, you give a guy, you know, you you fill up the tank, you put the high performance engine into the car. All right, and then you, the, the driver of the car is a little old lady from Pasadena, you know, mm-hmm. driving the Ferrari driving and a that's Lamborghini, yeah, yeah Lamborghini, <laughs> and that's that's the problem we have, we're facing right now. And um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens on Sunday. You know, I, I was really so, I was so stoked to be in first place, Rob, at the right before Thanksgiving, 
Oh, and I said, we're going to go into Thanksgiving, watch the games on Thanksgiving with our feet up, knowing that, hey, we're in first place. We're in seven and three. Where the I'm hell did so this come sure from? They were winning that game because I, I thought they would get the seven and three and then the wheels would come off later. Like they would really get us stoked up. It, I, didn't, I didn't think it would be like I this. know we're always looking for the other shoe to drop. I understand oh, that. And, and it's it's amazing. It just goes through. And it, Nothing highlights how poorly this, how much of this is falling on the quarterback's shoulder than the way that we lost the game yesterday uh, on that kick return. Okay, because in the past, we would be all talking about the punt at the end to end the game. But nobody's talking about that. They're all talking about Zach Wilson because the punt was just the last play in a game that looked like, felt like we were losing by two scores throughout the game. It was 3-3 all day long, and I'm sitting there saying, it's 3-3, three to three, and I swear to God, I feel like we're down by two scores because we could not move the ball. It might as well have been, you know, if they scored, if it was 2 nothing on a safety, I didn't think we would have scored a field goal. That's how inept we were. So no one's talking about the the punt return at the end as the backbreaker, even though it literally was. It's because we were unable to simply move the ball into field goal range. And I know there's no guarantees on a windy day, but Zerline does have a big leg. But that last play of, on, we had on offense yesterday, where it was third and one, and he had, I forget who it was, was standing right there by the yard marker. And he waited, and he double pumped, and he threw the ball high and late so we did not get the first down, and that re- that's why we had to punt. I forget who it was at the uh, the end of the game. But it, he had a play there to get the first down. And it's just he's indecisive. He's inaccurate. His mechanics are a mess. What more can you say? Well, there was uh, one, one, I, I wanted to go back to something, which I'll get to in a second. But, but you, you just reminded me of, of another thing. Before the half, the Jets had uh, 19 seconds and needed 20 yards to get in field goal range, right? Now, it's a tall order. It's the wind. It's the road. It's a rookie quarterback. But how is it possible that this team only gets off one play? Yeah, right? they got off one play, and the, the you know they they threw the pass to the kid who was uh, who was on the you know on the um the hash marks. Never got out of bounds, and they they couldn't get up to the line to run another play. How is it possible you don't get at least two to three plays there with smart play calling just to try and get a field goal before the, you're going into the half where you're getting the ball. Maybe you get some momentum and at the very least, you at least have a six, three lead or you try, but to get one play or Patrick Mahomes got a team 45 yards in 13 seconds. It just couldn't <laughs> go 20 yards with 19 seconds. It's just, yeah. It's just brutal. Okay. Yeah. The end of the half was aggravating too, guys. I told you I had, I had to go to a family dinner yesterday. So oh, I, I left at halftime and I was driving in the car and I'm listening to the game. And then I get to the bar I get to the restaurant, and the first thing I do is I basically wave to all my in-laws, and I go straight to the bar <laughs> where it's above the screen, and I'm watching the end of the game, and I'm watching the defense do it again and again and again, and then we have the ball with, you know, less. What was it, about a minute and a half? We had the ball left, and we only had. I say this is this is it. Maybe we can finally drive the field here, and we're going to kick a miracle field goal in this game. And I and, and I'm telling you, they even got a big break. They even got a big break. A yeah, they got a big long, break. And they yeah. got the freaking holding penalty. The holding got penalty. A first down, and he still couldn't. It, do it. it kind of looked like okay, this is gonna somehow or the other. We're gonna pull this out of the fire somehow. Right. And then to stand there at the bar watching that transpire, <laughs> the guy said to me, the bartender he said, "You look like you need a drink. What can I get you?" And I said, "Why don't you just drop a straw right into drop that bottle, bottle of scotch there. right there and just give it to me." <laughs> It's funny. I came home and my wife said, did the Jets win? I said, we will not speak about the Jets today. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so I wanted to go back to one one of the points you made. We, we just got off on a tangent. I never got back yeah. to it. But I wanted to point to the, to the 
to the selflessness, not selfishness, the selflessness of what what a team should do just to win a game. It shouldn't be about you know you, you said why why you know where's the jumbo packages where all the tight ends are in there and and you know whatever else and that means that other guys have to come out of the game and that's okay. Do you remember it was a it was either, I forget if it was rain or snow, but the Patriots played in Buffalo last year on a Monday night, and Mac Jones threw three passes the entire game because yeah, they just that- kept running. And yeah. running and running and running and running three passes in the whole game, and they won the game 14 10. And yep. now, obviously, the receivers didn't, didn't eat that day, they, right. they didn't, you know, fill up their stat sheet, they didn't further their chances of being free agents. But you know what? They won that game. That's the Jets. Anybody needs to do that, but the Jets in the particular situation with Zach Wilson can't worry about feeding Zach, uh, Garrett Wilson. They can't worry about Elijah Moore and Mims dropping passes. They need to do what they have to do to win that game. And you're a hundred percent right. They should have gotten a big jumbo package out there and kept trying to shove it down the Patriots' throat. How about a play action? I didn't even see that. If you got yeah, eight guys on the that, line, run a play action, run a screen, run something. A other screen. Than, I mean, are you kidding me? All right, we've got let them all through. We can't find a way to utilize, and I, we, and, and I know he was wrong about the way he went about it. But I think, in retrospect, I'm, I'm getting sympathetic for to, to Elijah Moore's perspective on right. things, because we signed, re-signed Braxton Berrios, who we yes, used out did. of the slot a lot last year, yeah. okay, and we have Elijah Moore, who was dynamic last year. He was the, the he he was our dynamic young playmaker on offense last year and now he's non existent. So I'm wondering like, where are these plays to these guys? Where's okay. Barrios? And, I, and yeah. I, I don't know what's happened. I, and, and and as I say, I don't know if it's a byproduct of they're they're timid because of what the quarterback can and can't do, or they're just sometimes I I can't hope it's not because they're getting frustrated because they obviously have to have the presence of mind to to run the game, but uh, it, it it's frustrating right now. It, it we saw flashes of what this offense can be when things are clicking, and you know you have a guy like Garrett Wilson who doesn't come across as a selfish player. When you have like a guy that like kid. that starting to like you know starting to chirp. And he's a guy who comes from, you know, a big time program. You know, he's not used to not being able to move the ball. He came here because he in Ohio State, he moved the ball. He was part of a dynamic offense there. And we've seen what he can do. But too many of these games, when we do seemingly move the ball, we seem to wind up with one guy getting most of the touches. I really would like to see this offense diversified. I'd like to see a lot of hands get get moved. You know, we don't forget last year we had a decent running game and we didn't have Brees Hall last year. Right. Michael Carter, I mean, we had Tevin was Tevin Coleman was one Tevin of our and, uh, yeah, but we had that running back by committee business last year, and it really worked at, t- at times. So I, I'm not right now. I'm not so certain about this guy Robinson because it doesn't look. Like, he certainly is a big back, but he doesn't have first any acceleration. So he's got to really you got to open up a hole for him and then let him go. The thing that's really ba- missing about Brees Hall is the that ability to just burst. you know burst and, and and go and and leave people in his wake and and that is missing right now. But there's no reason why we should be this moribund. It, there's no reason why it shouldn't even be trying. And the only yes. reason I could think of is is there's two either the, the offensive coordinator is a moron, which I don't think he is because he has shown the ability to do this, or right. the the quarterback is just not executing things and there's no confidence in him. And I think that's very likely because. Because, you know, between screen passes and jumbo packages and 
you know, quick slants. And there's a lot of ways to combat eight guys on the line. And they just didn't try any of them. They just kept playing into the into the strength of the defense instead of trying to find ways around it and and plan for the weaknesses or at least your own week. You know, one of the things I said on my on my podcast last night is you need to play chess when you're playing game when you're making a yeah. game plan. You need to look at your offense and be realistic about the exp- about the um limitations and game plan as if you were trying to stop yourself and then plan accordingly the jets don't seem to do that i don't know if it's just not capable with what they have but they're not doing that right now they're not doing what they have to do to cover the weaknesses of their quarterback or he's just screwing it up so bad that it looks like they're not i don't i don't know which it is i mean we had you know what's interesting we we had two occasions last year we had the, the 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 game that mike white played against cincinnati and we had the game that mike white started against the colts where the defense was an absolute atrocity on prime time. But then without Mike White, I forget, I believe it was Josh Johnson who came in. It was, am I right about that? Mike oh, White got hurt he, in Indianapolis. Them back a bit. And he yeah, led them Josh back Johnson. and they were within, they were about to, they were about to tie that game before right. he had a turnover late the in the game. Down one score. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that was a game that was a blowout up until that point. And I said to myself, it's not the OC because look at these guys. They can run this offense. Okay, Josh so if, Johnson is a freaking journeyman who's gotten 13 starts in his entire career or something like that. I mean, if he can do it and Mike White can do it, Zach Wilson should be able to do it. Yes, and uh, while those two other guys, like you say, one is a journeyman who's been around a long time, even though he hasn't played a lot, and Mike White has been around a long time, the only the only the, the thing in defense of Zach is his uh, youth and inexperience, but it can't be to this level. It can't it, be that you can't be this inept in in this at and at and in, in at this particular juncture of your development. You just can't. He's a year and a half in and while no one's expecting him to be Peyton Manning yet, he's gotta show some some progress, some flashes. He doesn't show any you know, one quarter of good play every three games is not flashes. It's not, it's it's not, not progress. You know? It's not okay. enough. Final exercise, and then we will uh, call it and uh, maybe we'll get on later in the week and you can do some predictions with me like I do um, normally. Sure. But um we're, we're, getting, we're entering week 12, right? When the Jets are bad, they usually turn it up here and start playing well. When they're good, this is when they fall apart. And, of course, now we're in a position where something has happened that could fracture the team and send it off. Same old Jets is a thing. I don't care what anybody says. So now yeah, this, this team is showing some same old Jets results, but there's a lot of stuff that is not same old Jets. So Lorenzo Mamelli. The question is on you. What do the Jets do the rest of the way? Do the wheels come off and they finish the season with, you know, one out of seven wins and they end up seven and ten? Or do they do they right the ship again because they've had some some bounces here and there and, and split and end up nine and eight, ten and seven, whatever it is? Which way do they well, go? I don't want to sit here being a guy, you know, a man who is now on the other side of 60 and who has been going to Jet games since Namath, since my first game in 1973, saw Joe Namath play and, and have seen every heartbreaking, soul-crushing defeat in every imaginable way. And then, of course, we see a new one yesterday and say, like, oh, I really have confidence. Uh, I have a tempered enthusiasm, okay? And the reason why I have a tempered enthusiasm is that um, – they they won in Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers. Now, even though now we've seen that Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay are not a dominant force right now, the bottom line is there's no way a Jet team in the past could go into Green Bay and win a game. And even though they went into Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh was playing Kenny Pickett, all right, they went into Pittsburgh and they won a game in Pittsburgh, okay? Um, 
and it, they had no inability to win any division games, and they already have two division wins. They could have conceivably had four, at least three already, if there was any degree of competency from our quarterback. Um, there are still games on this schedule that I think really match up very well to what the Jets do. Uh, this game against Chicago is one of them. They're certainly, even though Detroit is obviously putting up a lot of points, I, I think that Detroit is another game that we can play well against. Uh, the, and we have Buffalo coming up again. And I don't, I'm certainly, it wasn't easy to beat Buffalo last time, but the fact that you actually beat Buffalo with Josh Allen makes you feel like, okay, this Jets team is capable of beating the top-flight quarterbacks. Because the, the, the criticism earlier in the season was, well, they beat these guys and everybody had their backup quarterbacks in. But they have beaten Aaron Rodgers, and they've beaten Josh Allen. And the comeback in Cleveland to start the season, they've shown a degree of resiliency and the ability to play very well late in games that are close and to run the ball. Now, of course, we had Brees Hall when we were doing that. Right. I think that there are games on the schedule. I expect the Jets to make it. Certainly to nine and probably to 10, which means they will have a shot to get into the postseason. Um, obviously, I think we're going to be sitting here on the second Sunday in the new year playing Miami with all the marbles on the t- right there. I think that game is going to be the game that either gets us in or sends us home for another year. Uh, I don't I would, think I would sign I, up for that yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I think we'd all take that, but. I don't see them suddenly just falling completely apart and not winning another game or winning one game, you know, going from six and four to suddenly, you know, wind up finishing seven, seven and ten. ten. I don't see that. I don't see that. Actually, and I know this is our bias right now because I could see that happening to the Giants, to be quite honest, because the Giants are still facing. They, they just now are encountering the roughest part of their schedule right. after they got their hands handed to them by Detroit yesterday. They have to go into Thanksgiving Day against a Dallas team that just waxed Minnesota. And incidentally, we play Minnesota as well. Okay. Following week. Now, yeah. Right. We play Minnesota. And now, and now that's a game where, you know, you saw Minnesota beat Philly in Philly and then get their heads handed to them at home by Dallas. So one thing the NFL has shown us this season is that nothing is a gimme. Every week, there are major, major upsets. Every week, you have big double-digit favorites that either lose outright or are fighting for their lives. Uh, Carolina was in a game yesterday against Baltimore for most of the game, and Carolina is a team that cleaned house, for goodness sake. They have nobody left on the team, and yet they've been more competitive since they fired Matt Rule. Same with the Colts. Same with the Colts. They almost beat the Yeah, same with the Colts. How in the world did the Colts – you know, I'm looking at that score yesterday, and I'm seeing the Colts were leading that game most of the time against Philly. I'm saying – two minutes. (laughs) Come on now. And with with a guy whose last coaching job was for his high school, (laughs) mind you – so anything is possible right now. So I'm, I'm not, I really can't say that I think that the Jets are going to go into tank. That being said, is it possible? Yes. Is it probable? I'd say no. I'd yep. say no. I, I'd like to believe that this team has turned a corner. There's just too much talent on this team. I mean, it, it would. it's just really it, that defense right now is going to keep us in every single game. And, I hope so. and 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 I think this game coming up on on Sunday is an ability has the ability to wash the bad taste out of our mouths right away. We get to seven, you know, you come out the after Thanksgiving weekend, and we're seven and four. We're right back in the thick of things. It's very possible that the this division sends four teams to the playoffs. All we have to do right now is continue to play strong defense and figure it out to some degree on offense. 
All right. We know that the biggest problem on offense right now is our quarterback. So let's see. Let's see. All right, we, we, my friend. And, and, and the yeah. thing that I'm very happy that they're not allowing him carte blanche to do what he wants right now. They basically no, are sending I, him a message. So I was thrilled that they even considered not not endorsing him currently. I, I think they're going to go back to him. I don't think they'll give up on him, but um, I think he'll have a short leash. But I am happy that they even recognize that that should not be acceptable behavior. That is enough for me because, you know, I, I know everybody loves Rex Ryan, but Rex Ryan would have just laughed this off and nothing would have happened at all. So, and, right. You know, but most Rex today, Rex well. was on uh, Rex was on ESPN earlier today and, and Rex came, Rex lit him, lit him up, lit up yeah. Zach. And, uh, and he also came to the defense of his favorite quarterback whose tattoo he has still on his arm somewhere. You know, he said, no, he said that, you know, Sanchez took all the slings and arrows, whether they deserved or not. And um, he's saying it's time for, and this is the key phrase that I've heard all day long today. You've heard he's got to man up. He's got to grow up. He's got to show some maturity. And, and, and let's, you know, I don't know anything about this kid's background other than what you can read on the Wikipedia page. Okay. But, you know, he probably was in, out there in Utah, he was, he was pro- he's man. a good-looking kid. Mm-hmm. He was the big man. On, he, he really, he had probably had the the prettiest girl. He was the big athlete. You know, everybody loved him. Dude, and he now had, here he comes he had, to the big city. Yeah, he had so much young ass that he ended up going with old ass. Right, and now, <laughs> he's now a milf hunter. So. <laughs> All right, buddy. Yeah. On that note, have a great, great Thanksgiving. The best to you and your family. And um, same to you, my up. friend. Always a pleasure. And yeah. uh, how's things going with the restaurant? tough it's tough right it's now. tough right now tough footing it's tough yeah the I, uh the, the prices of food have gone through the yeah roof i know it's just through the roof through it's, the it's roof tough, but, but those of you who have never had any food <laughs> from juicy lucy or juicy lucia and defara pizza first of all best brisket in staten island certainly probably in new york city you got to go get some his buddy uh his buddy Rob is right. Your body is Richie, Richie, right? Richie, Richie yeah. is tremendous. The brisket is fantastic He's at a, Juicy an Lucy. Chef. Yep. Yes. With the new well, location that, on, so. on Annadale on, on Jefferson Boulevard, <laughs> right down the street from the Annadale train station in Staten Island. So oh, thank you, you for that. Man. I yeah. appreciate it. Always right, give a plug. You gave me a we'll plug. I got to give you a plug, Rob. So thank well, you've you. given me plenty of plugs on your show <laughs> and you got a lot more listeners than I do. <laughs> Have a good one, man. Thank you, Rob. Have a great night. Happy Thanksgiving to you, buddy. God bless. So that will uh, wrap up episode 79 of the Fake Spike Podcast. We'll be back later in the week to do my, uh, my prediction show. Maybe bring Lorenzo back. We'll have Dr. Stu. I'm sure he'll finally get over it. All right, everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving. I'll see you later in the week. Take care.